0: this is infection the survival podcast recorded live on tuesday may 4th have the may the fourth be with you 2021 episode 329 i mean who cares Ha! welcome uh, to another episode of infection the survival podcast uh, infection is your latest is infection is your source for the list of information on survival video games. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. My name is Nick Craig. If you'd like to check out my new endeavor, you can check out wilmington's morning news with Nick Craig weekday morning six to nine a.m. Eastern time. If you want more information about that, you can go to nickcraig.com and check out that program podcast coming soon if you would like to miss if you'd like to check out some of the ongoings with this show you can go to infectionpodcast.com. Joining me as he does each and every week from the great state of Idaho. Brian, do you have a wallet in your pocket? Or is that... What is that? You're muted. Oh, I turned the wrong fader up. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, we got this. (laughs) What is that? It's like a fake pocket. I don't even have a pocket here. It's like sewed up, and it's made to look like a pocket, but it's not even a real pocket. Hmm. Isn't that frustrating? I, I tried to... One of my boys handed me work. something, and I tried to stick it in that pocket. And I was like, "This thing's not even real. It's just—it's like the fabric, and then there's things sewn onto it." Yeah,
0: you know, if you buy, um, I'm I'm not indicating that you're a cheapskate, but I buy I buy like cheaper dress shirts and and jackets, mm-hmm. and that's pretty common.
1: Well, I, I wonder if it's like a real. No, it's, it's not. definitely a fake pocket. Yeah, it's definitely a fake pocket. <laughs> well, I've gotten some suits where they've sewn up things but then if you unsew them it's an actual pocket but they keep them sewed up so it looks exactly yeah, how looks, you so want it looks, to look yeah, if you want exactly. it to be looks, functional you can looks high so time. Yeah. yeah
0: brian's so wearing cool. the men's shirt equivalent of women's pants that's i don't even understand what the hell that means uh hey brian how because are you because they have like, all
1: like these little fake things on there that are like little fake pockets i was gonna say you have holes and, all over it <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is it this is the only pocket it could have had and there are no pockets like it's like a little bit at shirt a button-up t-shirt pretty much with no well, i'm just wearing
0: I'm wearing a t-shirt that says USA back-to-back world war champions. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's what I'm wearing. So, uh, perfect. Oh. Yeah. Hey, Brian, how are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Hey, well, if you want to find me, of course, you can find me at Brian Aldridge on Gab or Parlor. or, uh, if, if you want to go check out my blog, biteoftech.com. Uh, but as Nick said, go to our website, if you've got infectionpodcast.com, check out on the right hand side, join our server on discord. Uh, I encourage you to go through and submit news to our news channel. There's a news channel in there. Uh, so if there's a link or a topic or a video, anything that you think we should be looking at before the show, just post it in that channel and we'll review it, see if it's something that's uh, good for that week's show. And we'll we'll put it in there if it is. If it's not, nah, we can save it for another show. Uh, also, we've got our Steam group where if you want to get notified, we've been testing with the times. 10 minutes before does not send it right away. So next week, I'm going to have it send automatically at 20 minutes before and we'll see if it goes. Uh, But at some point, they'll be getting a Steam notification when Steam randomly starts working again. Uh, And then uh, we have our video forms of the podcast. We've got Twitch, YouTube, uh, BitChute, and DLive. And those are ways that you can watch uh, while we're doing the show or after the fact. There's a number of ways through there to watch. And then for the audio-only form, we've got those at the lower right-hand side, which is not live but if you want to watch it or listen to it when you're on the road or at work or something after the fact got a lot of different ways to do that there uh and of course what you can do is you can follow along and so if you go to the particular episode that you're wanting to listen to uh you can then click all the links for the different uh, topics that we cover and uh, there's also a video player an audio player in there built in but you can follow along with every single topic that we discuss and that'll help you to uh to be able to see some of those videos if you happen to be listening if you want to support us there's a support tab up top and go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support or if you want and go to amazon.infectionpodcast.com humble.infectionpodcast.com we have the prime gaming subs and then we have the subscribe star uh which is a, a link is on the website so if you're interested in supporting through any of those ways uh go ahead and uh and find it on the website
0: yes sir and i do want to thank our friend it's jonesy for hitting us up with a resubscription there during the intro and throwing me completely off jonesy it is greatly appreciated thank you very much um mm-hmm. and uh and yeah so uh started the new job everything's going good with that i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it uh because obviously we're on a shorter uh show but uh but yeah we're uh we're rocking and rolling we're two shows in we've got a third one tomorrow and uh very nice yeah we're uh, we're rocking and rolling with that so if you want to uh check that out again you can go to nickcraig.com or go to uh search 980 the wave W-A-A-V, and uh yeah you can listen to the show all right um Brian I'd be remiss if we didn't start off with something that is our, it's our roots uh yes for people that maybe are new to the program uh this show started back off uh back in 2015 as the H1Z1 podcast that was the that was yep. the start that was the precipice of uh two hundred and what show is this two three twenty nine we're at three hundred twenty nine today yes. so that it all started with that now we covered um months ago daybreak was sold to Enad Global Seven yes. which unlike their current holding company. Enad Global 7 or EG7 is what it's called, is is kind of the acronym that they go by, Mm -hmm. is actually a gaming holding company, kind of. So the last group was just a big investment firm. It was some Russian capital firm and they just acquire companies and do that. EG7, on the other hand, acquires studios and actually has a team behind them. So, like, they actually will work on the development. But they work on incorporating things all into one, um, and I do want to thank our friend Melmo for uh, resubscribing here on Twitch, Mel. Thank you very much. I uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, so, so that that's what happened with that, and it's kind of been radio silence since, as you would expect, right? Things don't happen immediately when you buy a company, but um, yeah. there was a video that was released the um, the other day, and it is the up it's a it's the co-founder of EG7 and the CEO and he was talking about well i mean i don't I don't I, guess I, I don't I guess I don't need to mention it let's listen to what he had to say about daybreak h1z1 and the future of some of those projects and what we might or might not have to look forward to in the future so
2: let's let's listen to a couple minutes of this video if We believe over time will really deliver for those who play the games Daybreak is, of course, one of the things that people have the most questions about, and I think it's very, very easy to understand why. Uh, of course, you know, EverQuest has been running live for 22 years now, which is amazing. My God, I played EverQuest <laughs> myself. Uh, you know, when I was, I think, the first uh, time when I was 16, well, which is <laughs> looks uh, exactly amazing. the same. <laughs> but I think uh, to understand what's going on is that we acquired this, uh, Daybreak. And now we're interacting with them on a daily basis to see what are the things that we don't think work. And we know, you know, we know that there's a lot of issues. We've stated this before, there's a lot of things with the community that doesn't seem to be working. Communication is not always perfect. And I think that they understand that as well. But now we're trying to interface and say, hey, how can we fix this? Then there are other things. uh, And I'm going to bring up a specific example that I know that everyone is watching this video really wants to get to. This H1C1. What's going on with H1C1? Right? The truth of H1C1 is that there is no team working on the game. You know, it was almost sunset. And now there's been massive explosion around it because we said a few words around the fact that we have a team working on the codebase. And I want to clarify that statement. What do we mean with working on the codebase? So this is actually the EG7 team. The ED7 team are technical guys. They've been evaluating the codebase and looking into community and trying to figure out because, of course, there was no team there, so the knowledge around the codebase was very sparse. Uh, so it took a lot of uh, this the early year, just putting everything in order. And now I can tell you, we have running builds of Just Survive and early builds of the game and so on. You know, we have those things working. Uh, but from there, that's not the end answer to things. What we realized in, in, in taking that step, when we did this research, we talked to the community, was okay, you know, a lot of people are saying they want pre-season 3. Some people don't want that, they want the new version of the game. Uh, you know, that version had a ton of bugs that are now fixed, but there was also change that people didn't like. And uh, some people, the most important thing to them is that we relaunched Just Survive. So where we are right now is that we've taken the time, we've looked through everything, we've seen where we are, We have understood the base. which took a lot longer than people would imagine, as there weren't a lot of people who could give us the information. So we sort of had to do archaeology with our technical team, which is a very competent technical team. And what we've come up with is now uh, the fact that, you know, we've taken that step. Now, the future of H1C1, we're not going to tell you uh, that it's launching tomorrow, (laughs) and I'm sorry for that, it's not going to be that close. And I actually want to say to everyone who's playing it today, you're not going to see updates very short in time, you know, the next month or two months from now into the game. And I think that's important. I know a lot of people are very very much asking us for this, uh, but it's not possible. There's no team there. It takes time to find a team. It takes time to, to re-engage them. And it also takes now time with all this information that we've gotten to make the right decision for the community. Because I think that in the past it has already been done before, where another team took over. It didn't work out. People were very frustrated. And I don't think anyone wants that. So what I'm saying here is trying to be very straight with everyone. You know, what are we thinking? Yes, we want to do more with H1C1 in some form. What is that more? You know, is that giving players access to the servers so that they can play this version and we'll do a new version? Is that that we update these versions significantly so that they're not that buggy and broken, both with maybe just survive and Preseason 3 with the new updates or something like that? That we don't know yet. Uh, that we are in that phase of that uh, making those choices and going down that road. But what we do want to know is from the community uh, still, what what are your prefer- preferences here? Because it's not very easy for us. You know? We have all these pieces together and we're now moving in that direction. And this is special. And the reason why H1C1 is a bit special, and I'm gonna I'm gonna transition to that now is that because there is no team. So in this case, we are going to have to move it somewhere, right? And here's an example of where EG7 steps in as an owner. We say, here's this brand that people love, with the game that people love, that we, of course, want to be treated well, but there's no one there steering it or doing it or, you know, being in charge of it. Then we will try to find someone who can uh, take that torch, and then we will leave the situation. And then you will have to go to that Uh, that developer or that that plays the community uh, to talk to them. Uh, So that's very, I think that that's very important to understand. With the other games of Daybreak, that's...
0: right. so we'll stop it there since that kind of covers what we wanted to with H1Z1. And I don't don't want to spend the whole show on it because we literally could. A couple of my takeaways, Brian. um, They mentioned, of course, the code base being probably a freaking, well, it is a nightmare. and <laughs> nobody i'm sure at the eg7 team has ev- has ever touched the forge light engine probably has no yep. idea how any of the, anything works in the forge light engine and essentially are yep. is having to learn an old antiquated engine that apparently has no knowledge base and no docu- and no serious documentation for them to to work with so they're pretty much yep. going through lines of code and just learning the engine that way so that of course is a huge hurdle um that's one
1: well and what one thing i just want to mention really quickly though is h1z1 was a very basic game at the core of it i mean if you look at the mechanics if you remember the original h1z1 uh just survive like you had a character that had an inventory you had a character that had some weapons uh you had a very basic building system uh and you ran around shot people and built stuff and gathered things i mean the there wasn't that much more to it. At, at what point is it easier to kind of start over for a company? Because if they're going to license the IP, which it sounds like he was talking about licensing yes. the IP to somebody, it'd be almost easier for them just to uh, make it from scratch, not on Forge Lite. Because I can't imagine training people to to learn Forge Lite or trying to hire all those old developers or some of the old developers back as, you know, sources of knowledge. It's just it comes back to the original. I just don't know that they'd be able to that it would be worth it for them to really mess with all that old code
0: I, I, and try and I, to enhance it. Yeah, I don't think it is, uh, personally. Um, I will... So, obviously, there's always a soft spot in my heart for, for H1Z1, right? No question about it. I'm sure you mm-hmm. feel the same way. Um, he Yeah, but he mentioned it at the end, a big community. I don't think there's a Was. big community. Not anymore. But, 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 but it wasn't. I mean, if you look at the max player count of h1z1 just survive and compare it to a game like Ark or rust it's not even close it's not even in the same ballpark um so i still and i'm sorry to piss people off i'm going to stand by my statement that i do not think h1z1 just survive should make a comeback it was not a good game it was terribly broken It was full of issues, and frankly, we've moved on in the last six years. It is and there was no story. There was no
1: lore. Like, what are you buying with that IP? First of all, like, what what is a company coming in other than getting the kind of the leftover fans who are going to complain if you change anything? What are they getting from it? It had a very the story was non-existent. The stuff in the world made no sense in the whole story. Um, The mechanics and the engine and all that is just subpar. Like, what would you buy this product for and actually try to, and say, hand me the code for it? Like, I, I can't imagine a situation where you'd actually say that. It's just not worth any sort of money because other than saying, hey, this is the new H1Z one, which that then they're just buying the title.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not, there's, okay, there's, Brian, there's, there's no reason for this game to be resurrected. It's not 2015. There are, uh, better games out there in this space in this field Mm -hmm. I think it's engine
1: technology has changed dramatically it's stupid the the, the whole the whole landscape has changed so drastically I just I understand that people probably say stuff and it has you know in in the gamer circles kind of like oh yeah H1Z1 but it's one of those things that we've said since the beginning since they tried to turn it into an RPG Uh, you know people I don't think are interested in anymore the technology people have seen what games can be and we're getting ready to jump into, even like, look, I talk about Unreal Engine 5. I mean, compare the, the what they're getting ready to do in technology with ultra-realistic environments. And then you've got H1Z1, which, you know, you could design on modern technology. You know, a, a person could design in their, their basement in a summer. Really. I mean, honestly, they could. Uh, the An equivalent game. So I just, I don't see it really coming back and for anybody that's serious, other than a small group that just wants to Re, repost you know take the original code base put it out there for people to play you know on a free to play or some really cheap thing
0: green man says it's got brand recognition yeah it does but it's got bad brand recognition it's known as the broken hacker filled crappy survival it destroys game. companies <laughs> it's just i mean it, it, it i i'll agree it does have brand recognition i think if you ask if you say to most most gamers do you know what h1z1 is the answer is absolutely yes but most people yeah Myself included, and I know majority of our audience. It probably leaves a pretty sour taste in your mouth. At least it does for yeah. me. There's kind of you know that gag reflex when you hear it. Um, and you know, agreement says all the old school players won't go back. No, of course they won't. It was a shitty game. And again, it's not. This is we're not in 2015 anymore. We're yeah. it, it is a different era of video games. And you do to I, think that was
1: prior any BRs. Like this yes. was. I mean, there was very basic. There was nothing. I mean, there were. ARMA mods, and things that were BRs. But the, the whole landscape of online gaming and everything has changed so much since that point where people would not be satisfied if they got it back in their hands as it was.
0: No, and it's I wouldn't the, expect that they, they to would do. move on. And it, I mean, yep. you see this would happen, Brian. This happens with movie reboots. This happens with yep. television show reboots. It, it was, oh, I love this series. Oh, I love this movie. Oh my God, they're going to bring it back. And then they bring it back and you're like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> this is this yep. is terrible. um A rule breaking doorknob says H1Z1 was a BR before BRs came popular and it died before they began. Yeah, I mean, th- but yep. I mean, by the way, the VR side, the BR side of H1Z1 is still active. King of the Kill is still yeah. there's a small player base. People, it's not being updated from I no, remember, or or
1: maybe it's being separately like non PC because there's the console version. Uh, yeah. I that maybe a company's maintaining that a little bit, but as he said, no one's maintaining the code base on H1Z1 currently. Like it's no. just running the correct. No one's touching it.
0: Um, Green man says Valheim proved that there was an audience for survival games, but it's got to be good. It, true. Yeah. There, but there's, but there's not, an it doesn't audience. have
1: to look perfect. That's a cartoony type interface. It doesn't have to look ultra realistic, but you know what, when you go out and do stuff, it's just, and that's kind of what the beginning of H1Z, H1Z one. If you imagine like the first half an hour of play wasn't bad. Like you're going around, now, you're picking up berries, you're chopping down some trees. It broke down after that because there was nothing else to do. Um, you know, other than PVP, which was kind of worked out. People enjoyed the PVP part of it. But when, but when you're on an engine, that's just so full of prolific hackers, you lose that. I mean, that, that went away because it just became unmaintainable. So I, I think the beginning, it seemed like, oh, we have a survival game here. But then it's like, okay, we build our base. Then it became the now what's. And then that's when you go start hunting other clans, which worked out, but you need to design the game around that. It just happened to have, because it was so broken turned into that, I don't think they even meant for it to, to play like it did. I think they were creating a zombie survival game and it ended up being a PvP game.
0: Uh, a, essentially, it was just an... It was a, at the end, it was a, an RDM random death match. Uh, just shoot them up. I mean, it was, all, it was all intents and purposes, a Call of Duty of survival games. Um, Green Man yep. says seven days is superior to H1Z1 and way. H one Z one is yeah. or uh, seven days is. I would make the argument scum is. I would even. Yeah. All right, Brian. I am going to put my flag down on this hill right here. I will make mm-hmm. the argument that Miscreated is a significantly better game than H one Z one ever was. Yeah. I, based on I, its core mechanics and what it provides. H yeah. one's again. They have. They've, they've they've kind of fixed the building
1: system and Miscreated a little bit. Uh, there's and all the other features are better than h1z1 was i mean oh yeah 100%. i, I kind of like the gunplay of h1z1 you know like as far as how the the snipers fought, shot mm-hmm. and everything i like that i would say that i enjoy more but that's just more of how they built it um it, you know they if they could fix the gunplay a little bit better but if i played a lot of of seven uh sorry miscreated then i'd probably be like okay that gun system's not so bad but you know what for me right now I don't know it well enough to where I miss every other shot on miscreated to where I just, I felt like H1Z1, the one saving grace it had was the gunplay was not that bad.
0: Yeah, it had a pretty, pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pretty consistent gunplay. So, yeah, so that's, that's H1Z1, that's EG7, potentially something to come down the road. But the thing to know, as you said, Brian, is that EG7 is not a developer. They are not going to rebuild H1Z1. If somebody wants and they can partner with somebody to rebuild uh, Just Survive, they might. But them themselves so they, are not going to do it, from what I understand.
1: Their developers that are in there are guys that go through, kind of look at the product that they purchased, probably make sure that there's no crazy things in there that they should be aware of before they try to resell the IP uh, or, you know, re- rent out or however they do the IP on it. Um, so I, I, really think that for them, you know, they're just going and looking at it. They've got some early, uh, builds of it working so that if someone comes to them and says, okay, I'd like to continue this with, they could say, Hey, it has, they're just trying to up their market value of what it's worth by saying, all right, we've got early versions that work. We've got them all running, but they're not going to do anything beyond that. They're not fixing anything. They don't understand it. All they've been able to do so far is just to get it to run.
0: Yes, sir. Um, So that's that. If you want to watch the full video, there's some other information there. There will be links in the show notes on our website, which is infectionpodcast.com. We don't talk about that. We don't give this company a whole lot of time, Brian, frankly, because they don't really have as much news as as their competitor. But Sony did, in fact, have a lot of news this week, including an interesting thing with Discord. Um, But before we get into that, one of the big Sony, um, I'll call them black eyes, is crossplay. They have a yep. very weird cross play uh, policy with PlayStation Network that has really handicapped them with a lot of games and a lot of titles. But it appears a change is coming to that, possibly. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> well, I, they've been caught with their pants down, I guess you could say, um, oh, because of oh. all this stuff happening, all this stuff happening with Epic, mm-hmm. the. Uh, the, these, this information is something that wasn't supposed to be released. This was leaked in court documents. Now everybody knows that the reason Sony has such crappy crossplays because they don't want crossplay. They keep sabotaging and charging people who want to do crossplay. Play and one of the only companies you know that's paid for it, for instance, is Fortnite. They pay Sony just to allow them to do crossplay on their platform. Mm. And you, as a, a person using a Sony product, also pay Sony. For the ability to connect to the internet and play against people as well um so so they uh so they went through there's documents on here and there's actually a spreadsheet if you go to the revenue graphic um that kind of shows you i th- that that shows you how they break it down as far as uh charging people for crossplay. so first of all a million dollars for month one revenue uh, na- PSN revenue, 900,000. They get a 90% uh, revenue share. PS4 gameplay share is 95%. So the other ones were PlayStation network revenue. And then you have the PS4 gameplay share and then cla- cross-platform revenue share. Um, so that then goes down to, so that's $0 initially. Then for month two, uh, let's say there's a million dollars cross-platform revenue. Uh, PSN gets 600000 of that. So they get 60%. Um, and then of the PS4 gameplay, they get, they it's a 95%, but they get $52,500. I i am trying to exactly remember this, figure out exactly how they mean this. But um, so payments come, I'm going to read the one of the sub here. Payments co- commence on the month the title exceeds or is expected to exceed $500,000 in PSN gross revenue within a 12 month period. So they're looking at, um, like a million dollars over a year, how much is going to go month one? I don't, it's, it's really weird. So this is just, this is their thing for saying how much you're going to pay if you want to have cross platform in your game. Uh, and it's a pretty healthy, it's a big percentage. Um, and then they, uh, and so they went through, this was not supposed to be shown, but this was, if you look at the bottom left, highly confidential attorney's eyes only. But somewhere during the trial, uh, it showed up, people, you know, it showed up in a presentation. Um, and so there it is. Discovery. Uh, there are some, yeah, so there Discovery. there was a tweet Discovery. put out where someone was talking, talking about this, Tom Warren. He says, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney, because he was being questioned, and there's audio and things you can listen to of him being questioned about yeah. about this during the trial. Epic CEO Tim Sweeney just confirmed that Sony is the only platform holder that requires Epic to pay compensation for crossplay. Epic had to agree to pay these additional fees to enable crossplay in Fortnite. So, uh pretty crazy. Uh definitely another reason why I've kind of walked away from I was cuz you know me. Uh, originally I was a Sony uh Sony fanboy when it came to consoles. Yeah. That was the one. I was like, "Hey, it has got better graphics, it's got, you know, all these things." Uh then a- as the new generations and, and and uh some changes were made in the companies, I switched over to Xbox for pretty much everything now, uh, and this is one of the reasons. The, Sony is just wants to be their own. They're kind of like Nintendo. They want to be their own thing, or how Nintendo used to be. They want to be their own thing, and they don't want anybody messing with them. They want to sell games, consoles, uh, and they want you to stay in their little environment. Uh, and and Microsoft is is going the opposite direction of that. So uh, that that I mean, there's there's a bunch of documents, a bunch of things you can go check out. We'll have links to them. Um, it links to them on the show notes but also another thing that happened this past uh, past week we talked about there's Microsoft and discord were in talks of being purchased then that got quashed we mentioned that last week well mm. now uh, instead Sony has made a minority investment in discord um, after uh, they stopped talking to Microsoft discord stopped mm. talking to Microsoft about this so they uh, that you know they're not I guess there's not really anything that's a guarantee here. But they did make an investment in the company um, and they're they're calling this a partnership. So, well, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of goes forward with Sony talking about communities and everything. Um, but this you won't they're going to start integrating this early next year. So you're not going to see anything until early next year. Somehow Sony and Discord integrating together. Um I, I don't, it just seems like a very poor choice. I guess they like the fact that they didn't have to get bought out. They just got a little extra money for doing an integration. Yeah, I mean, and it's maybe an a integration. Exclusivity and, for and, a bit. If,
0: and if I, well, I don't think it'll even be exclusivity. If I had to guess, Sony might try to bring a version of Discord to their PlayStation network. I, I've been very disappointed since day one that Discord has not, Discord doesn't work on consoles. It, it, there's yep. no such thing as Discord on consoles. I think that's been a huge flaw. Um, of yep. Discord, because obviously for PC gamers, it's fine, but if you're playing with people that aren't consoles, they end, you end up sitting on consoles, they end up sitting on their cell phone, and then you have to hear all the... It's just... Yep. So maybe this is the beginning of that. Now, it doesn't say, because Discord is not a private company... Excuse me, because Discord is not a public company, we have no idea what a minority investment is. We have no idea how much of it they own. I mean, it could be 1%, realistically. I mean, we, you have, you have yep. no idea. Um, and until they're in, until they're ever a public company, we won't ever know. No, I mean, they're not required to disclose it. They can do what they want. Yeah. Um. So, not sure what this is. Um. Maybe. Maybe right. Maybe it is some sort of exclusivity stuff. I have no idea. Um. But it was very interesting to see well, this I, pop up. I want to. I, I
1: want report. to read off one little area that kind of makes me think that it's less of an exclusivity. Um. Because they they mentioned in here that that together our teams are already hard at work connecting discord with your social and gaming experience on Play- playstation network so it is something they are already doing but it says our goal is to bring the discord and playstation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year allowing friends groups and communities to hang out have fun and communicate more easily while playing games together uh, you know so it sounds like they're they're really just paying to get this sped up and allow maybe integration with because sony's uh team system or you know grouping system isn't that great i I wouldn't be surprised if if they built in the operating system discord and all you do is then load discord on your phone and then you have discord instead of the playstation groups which gives you cross-platform chat immediately like that would be one way that they could because sony obviously hates hosting online services they want to charge for it because it's such a pain uh they could turn around integrate discord all the way they paid them for the use of their servers pretty much is what I I assume this is uh, and now discord will be just something built into uh, a PlayStation
0: yeah um was not expecting that this past week to be honest um and that was uh that was rather interesting so um so yeah that's uh that's that's Sony yeah um
1: and so uh, one thing I, I wanted to mention really quickly, Sony is uh, discord's revenue. Mm-hmm. They said increased by 189% year to year in 2020 um, to 130 million. So they, 2020 was a very good year for them. Uh, who knows how much of it's the pandemic, pandemic of people staying home and playing games and being, you know, having all of a sudden computer or te- laptops with headsets because they have time for work. And then, you know, it, 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 I think it was just a perfect situation for them, which they're trying to take advantage of here. Uh, a follow-up on last week, we had talked about the uh, Activision CEO and how he got a, a bonus still. Well, this week, his pay has been halved. <laughs> so they've cut his paycheck in half, um, so he is making less money. There's not really any more around it, but um, they probably didn't like the publicity of you know this big, rich uh, guy getting paid. And then now, now they're cutting him in half, so he's making a little less money.
0: I'm sure he's uh, ecstatic about that. Um, Yeah, I do. uh, By the way, we we are going to talk about Epic. We'll probably round out the show with that. So let's try to see if we can rapid fire a couple of things before that. Uh, Brian, the Stadia train is um, it's just it's just bad news after bad news after bad news. Uh, Who was it? A couple couple months ago, it was the lead project. guy yeah. left or the guy that was essentially in charge of the stadia project left now the uh john justice who is the head of the product the head of stadia who's a senior member of the stadia team has left the company um yeah so now i mean it's just a big he was the vice president and head of products for stadia and yeah. he is now gone so they have now lost two Huge executives, and of course, shut down all their studios. Um, it's over, right? I mean, I don't think I, I, there's nothing I've seen to indicate that there's, there's nothing on their platform
1: so- that makes them stand out. There's nothing special about it. It's a piece of hardware. It's kind of like it's kind of like the uh, the Chromecast. Like, sure, they ma- they tried to make the first one, but they didn't quite make it well. Like, they just made it to work, but they didn't make it to be what people actually wanted they looked at how can we make this and have it make it easy um rather than what's going to be the best product for and all these other companies roku and fire and and amazon with fire they turn around and make it for the consumer i just google's never really made things for consumers they make things pretending they're for consumers and then really they're just testing products on you for business and i think this is just another one of those i think this. Head of product realized this is dead end Google's gonna eventually shut it down anyways and roll the streaming capabilities and you know into another product for like development or whatever you know people doing remote work and that's gonna be it I just I think it's a dead product that's gonna you know a year or two from now uh and we even have a prediction in the book you know that it's gonna it's gonna pretty much tumble and, and go out of existence
0: yeah so um yeah just thought I'd bring you that if you were. If you're gamb- if you were gambling on uh, Stadium making a comeback, you might want to uh, you might want to rethink that. Um, let's yeah. see what else. Uh, what else can we hit here, Brian? Um, before we get into this epic right. conversation,
1: <laughs> well, okay. So let's go ahead and talk really quickly about CD Project Red. Um, okay. Somebody, the, so their their director ha- uh, left CD Project Red after there was a workplace bullying investigation. And so, um, this is something, you know, a lot of these companies, you get somebody who I can imagine this guy probably felt like he was pretty important at the company, probably treated people like he felt he was pretty important at the company because, you know, he was the guy who was the head, the director of their probably most successful product that they currently have out there. Um, and so he, uh, he was cleared by the investigation, but still, uh, apologized And he said he, you know, he's, he was sorry for all the bad blood that he caused. So sure. He got cleared in the investigation, but I think, you know, he probably was not the most pleasant person. So he is gone. Uh, hopefully it'll be interesting to see how this affects things like, uh, you know, if they're going to do a remaster or if they're going to do additional things coming up, I assume that he's not, you know, not a ton is, is holding on this guy actually being there. Um, but hopefully, this doesn't affect Witcher, future Witchers in a negative way. So we will see. But that uh, that is something that happened. Another thing uh, with talking about toxicity is Riot is go- so. If you're playing Valorant, Riot is now <laughs> recording all voice chats so that they can help find toxic players.
0: Could you imagine so, uh, your job being have to, having to go through and listen to recordings listen of to. game chat of people just yeah. screaming the most obscene things like i i i would that would be quite the job to have to yeah. listen to that nonsense i mean just the most so, vulgar vile things you've ever heard in your life
1: well and i one thing i want to kind of mention i don't know if people have realized this well riot now is 100% owned by tencent and if you mm-hmm. think of how they deal with these sort of things over in china they have cameras they record everything so they can use them against you um this goes right down what Tencent would ask for? Oh, you have problems with people being bad. Well, they, over there they have a a, a a social score, I think is what they call it, right? <laughs> yes. C- Where if practices. you do bad things, they mark your your social score down. Uh, here, you know, we got a we, we got China's method for dealing with this: record everything, and then you know, use it against the people to get them banned. Um, we'll see how that works out for them in the long run, but it, I'm sure that it'll. Just be the way it goes for there, and not too much. Many people will complain. Um, Paradox also has been having issues with to- uh, toxicity. They they make a lot of uh, some of those sim war games, strategy games. Uh, one thing they said is that their their developers have been driven away because of the toxicity on their forums.
0: Oh, Jesus They
1: say Christ. that the forums have just created a culture that's just not enjoyable to take part in. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so the, the pretty much all developers have just given up on the forum and they're not even going there anymore just because it's turned into such a, to- a toxic uh, cesspit. So if you're uh, trying to go to the forums and hopefully getting some help uh, from Paradox on one of their products, you, know, you might as well kind of skip that because... It's it's a mess at the moment. So,
0: yeah, I mean, has this really changed? I mean, hasn't online gaming been toxic since like the mid nineties? I mean, obviously with more people using Game Chat, but I mean, Brian, I'm, you know, old enough to remember when I was, um, you know, in in middle school, or you know, even. Late elementary school into to high school, playing Xbox 360, and you're looking at you know 2011, 2010, 2011, ten years ago, it was awful then. I mean, yeah. I remember the Modern Warfare two lobbies. I mean, just the and again, I'm 12, 13 years old, and I'm listening to and screaming the most obscene things at people. I, I, the fact that this is the fact that this is still a topic to me, is unbelievable. This is the industry. This is part of the industry. Like it or hate it, want to change it, I don't care. This is part of the industry. This is, maybe you want to call it one of the hazards of working in the video game industry. Guess what you're going to have to do if you work in the video game industry, Brian? You're probably going to have to crunch because there's deadlines. I know, shocker. Unfortunately, you're going to have to meet a deadline and do your job just like every other industry. Uh, And the the players hate you. That's it. These are known facts about the industry and the fact that some developers uh, don't seem to unwrap, be able to wrap their head around this is just dumbfounding to me. I mean, this is the industry. Get over it.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, and that, so maybe Intel wasn't 100% off on the whole thing of them creating the uh the No, that's a terrible that, that No, actually- <laughs>
0: that's, that's what makes video gaming so great. <laughs> but you hurt people's feelings. But I mean. see, here's the thing, though. These games, some of these games... um. I I lend to this to be the case. I mean,
1: well, is it, are we playing simulated war? Isn't the goal for you to dominate the other person and to be the one standing on top of the hill saying I'm the one who won, right? That's the whole point of online gaming. And I think the problem is we've got a whole culture that's trying to go against that and saying, no, this is about the community. It's about fun for everyone where when it comes down to it, competitive gaming and, you know, sports, everything else is not about the community. It's not about the fun, as you say it, because you know it was half the people actually don't have that much fun in the end because they lose. You know, and sure they maybe they enjoyed the the middle of it, but the end they're like, ah, oh, that sucks, and they're mad. Uh, I, I think that they're trying to get away from competitive, with you know, the toxic masculinity, and masculinity, and everything that they talk about. But they're going to make it to where gums, games are just not fun anymore. And then what are you going to do? I mean, they're pushing to a point where people will not enjoy playing games because the games will be so non-competitive. Everybody wins. It's an experience. It's not about, you know, beating another person. And it's just going to the point where the, your average person is just going to be like, well, why would I want to do that? That's boring. And I, I just, I'm afraid that's where it's pushing with a lot of these companies. But you'll have some companies that won't. You know what? Those companies are going to be the most popular games you can imagine because they're actually going to have games that people enjoy playing. Like Russ. Yeah. Rust is everything that they hate, everything they hate. And it's so, but it's one of the most fun games that people play.
0: Yeah. I, um, you just, you have to, you, you have to know your, you have to know what you have to know what you're in. I mean, you you have to know this is the industry. I'm not in the industry. I guess you could say kind of, we are, but we're not in the industry and I understand this is how it works. I mean it's like is have any of these people ever played a video game before? Cuz to me-
1: but the problem is there are these people but look at look at what we experience when we go to PAX. You have a bunch of people that are True. gamers, right? But most of them there don't play games. They're in the community and they you know they go around all these conventions wearing their outfits have no interest in the games whatsoever. But you know what they're the ones who are making the influence that are that are pushing people pressuring people and making decisions that are affecting our experience when all they're going there to do is hang out with people and you know do whatever they do at those conventions. Um yeah. I just I don't I I I don't I think the wrong people are pushing forward the direction of gaming not the people who actually are playing the games.
0: I would uh I would tend to agree with that. Um Yeah. So So you want to talk uh, about my,
1: we got a lot of Microsoft stuff. Do do you want to talk about Microsoft really quick?
0: Let's do that. And then we'll round out with Epic. Sure.
1: Okay. So there's something that was mentioned in Epic. I'm just going to mention this because it really is interesting. PH had point posted some audio clips inside of uh, our discord talking about the, uh, well, Tim or Epic or Sweeney was being questioned by Mm -hmm. the uh, prosecutor or the defense attorney, whatever, whichever way they're going, it's, uh, yeah. It's versus uh, versus well, Apple, right? So the, from the, Epic, the, the yeah, defense yeah, the attorney, defense.
0: yeah.
1: So he, they were saying, well, does Microsoft Xbox have this thirty uh, percent revenue share? And he was going through, yes, yes, yes. Well, guess what? Today, Microsoft is slashing what it takes from developers to twelve percent. They are now matching Epic Game Store's market revenue share. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. To, uh, to 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 what Epic is doing, uh, I think I think that Microsoft is finally waking up to this is a good opportunity because they've started making money many other ways, just like Fortnite and Epic have been doing. Uh, to where they're like, all right, we'll lower this down, you know, and it's going to make us look a lot better. It's going to make us look like the idiots. It's going to make developers like us a lot more. So they are now matching Epic Game Stores twelve percent. Uh, so that's huge, and too bad didn't didn't happen a few days ago because then Tim Sweeney could have said, "Well, actually, Microsoft just matched ours." Uh, he couldn't because it just happened, but it was a couple of days too late.
0: I'm glad you pointed that out because you know that's one of the issues with Steam that you look at is that mm-hmm. Steam's only revenue source is the cut that yes. they get from games because you don't you can't pay for Steam if you wanted to. There's no way to pay for Steam; it's a free service. They make their money off sales and credit card processing. As you stated with Microsoft, well, it, they've got a billion yep. other ways that they can generate revenue, including Game Pass and everything else. Yep. So yeah, maybe you can afford to, to lower that cut and make yourself well, more lucrative well, to developers.
1: And let's that segues perfectly into a little let's do a little rabbit trail here really quick. Steam. So there's actually some things coming up on Steam that may eventually make them adjust their number and then it'll only be sony and these cell phone providers you know the cell phones um, so overgrowth uh, developer so there's a game called overgrowth uh, Wolfire games has has started a antitrust lawsuit against valve uh, oh, regarding geez. that 30% revenue cut oh, so a, they did a, a they they did they did a a questionnaire to or a, a poll to a lot of game developers and they said that they don't feel that uh, epic earns their 30% revenue cut you know, because you look at what is the uh, they said that six percent of developers say that they feel like the game stores are justified in taking thirty percent or higher. Um, so, because there, there's really very little being offered by Steam in, in nowadays modern technology of what they're offering to justify a thirty percent cut. So that is something that's coming up. We'll we'll follow, see what happens with that uh, antitrust lawsuit. But that is in the works. It's just been announced recently. Maybe eventually, especially with Microsoft and now Epic, them both uh, having a lower percent, the, the 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 tables are slowly turning. I remember you and I when we mentioned this in the very beginning when it first became an issue with Epic. People laughed at us and said, "No, you know this will never change." Well, maybe maybe Epic uh, has is very smart and uh, they're starting to change the industry which it seems like what they wanted to do from the beginning. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so, and then Microsoft app store has been making some changes also, you know, doing okay. because of the Apple pressure and things that are coming up. So they're going to be, uh, they're up, they're changing the way that like the PC revenue works for when you purchase games and the cross uh, cross buy games that they do. They're trying to make it so that publishers, um, can get a different uh, share on Xbox and PC. So they can get a different revenue share with cross-buy games. Um, we'll see, you know, they're making big changes. Microsoft is trying to adjust and it seems like maybe they're trying to meet Epic in the middle. And I'm curious, you know, is there kind of an agreement or something going on between Epic and you know, or maybe one of them wants to have an, something worked out with the other one? It seems like they're kind of starting to fall in line with each other uh, quite a bit. So, um, they did put out a thing called our our PC gaming journey in 2021 and beyond that. I encourage people to go check out. Uh, it's a website that's got a a lot of interesting details about the, their communities. One thing that I wanted to point out that they said in this building communities around games, not devices, which is what I said. Microsoft is starting to do. They're now admitting it publicly. The console is not the point. They realize it's the communities, it's the games, it's everything else that they can pay you, make you pay a subscription for to keep giving them money all year round. Uh, and that's the way they're going. So um, they they have now publicly said it. And uh, I think that, that they've realized that they can make money many other ways and not lock you into a console because the console for them usually loses them money. The last console, if they were relying only on console income, these last console launches have been such disasters they'd be going bankrupt so um, <laughs> this is something where now uh they're coming up with other ways i wanted to mention a side note minecraft modders have now sold a billion mods and so since microsoft purchased it m- the modders have made over 350 million dollars things wow. like that that's serious change, things dude. like that yeah where they're It's something they kind of have people that are overseeing it, make sure that rules aren't being abused and things like that. But you know what? The modders are making the products, selling them to other people that play the game. They take a cut. They're making money, you know, and they don't
0: have to have a bunch of rules. It's so interesting to see the two different sides of Microsoft, right? You've got the PC front, which is the Windows operating system and all of that, which is a dumpster fire and a half. And then on yep. the other side, you've got Xbox, which I believe a lot of this is being spearheaded by Phil Spencer. Um yep. and they seemingly overnight, in my book, Brian, have become a fan favorite. They are literally doing everything in their power to be to, I mean, they are they're, like, they're not For the consumer
1: is what it's like. The, it's like. It's they're, like
0: I was I was gonna say they're meeting consumer demands, but consumers aren't even demanding these things. They're just doing yeah. them.
1: They're like, what does the consumer want? And they're trying to guess what you want, which is it's what very interesting. It's, it's what Apple used to do. If you look at Apple back in the uh, Jobs days, he he made the products. He says, you don't realize it yet, but this is what you want. You yeah. know what they? When he died, that all went out the window, and you kind of see what it's all turned into. They don't release what you want. They just, oh, we we've updated the camera a little bit. They don't reinvent anything anymore. Well, Microsoft is now going and saying, well, what do the what do they really need? Oh, okay, they want. They want to have, let, let's start giving it to the people. And I, it's making them one of the best game studios, I guess you could call them, yeah, or, 100%. you know, what are, platforms in the world. Uh, and it's only because all they're doing is thinking of the consumer and trying to provide something that the consumer wants. And it's amazing how it works. And then you have people like uh, Apple, who's doing the opposite. You have people like PlayStation, who's doing the, I mean, look at the fact that they're restricting you from playing with your friends on other consoles shows you that they don't care about the consumer. They yeah. only care about their bottom line. And it's actually hurting their bottom line because people are leaving them like crazy. If they were more forward thinking, they realize, oh, maybe if we made the consumer happy, they'd actually continue to buy. You know, I mean, I've bought a lot of Xboxes in this house when I could have been buying PlayStations. You know, that's all money that they've lost. And that's hap- probably happening across the country. So it's such short-sighted thinking, um, it just head in the sand type of thinking. And, we're seeing it playing out, and you see the results. You you always talk about how uh, you know uh, mar- capitalism and everything is the way to solve problems. Boom, <laughs> they're doing it, and look at look at these other companies that are starting to struggle, and they're in court and all kinds of crazy things because of it.
0: Yes, they are in court, and of of course the the story of the week, if you are a, uh, a gamer, has been Apple versus Epic, Brian. I actually um, before my show comes on at 6 o'clock. There's a program we run called uh, America in the Mornings. It's a national syndicated show from Westwood One. And there was actually a story on this morning about the Epic versus Apple lawsuit because it is a very large thing that's going on. And Discovery has opened up a whole bunch of new things. I, I don't have a story on it, but I was reading uh, that part of some disclosure was that Walmart was working on a video game streaming service.
1: I mean, just, streaming. Yeah. I, I had the notes for that. I just didn't put yeah, it in there. Cause there was a lot to so it. So um,
0: much stuff has come out. Yep. Um, and again, just to quickly go over what this is. Epic is suing Apple over their um, requirement to use their payment system for yep. in-app purchases. If you have a, if you have an app or a service on the iOS app store, you are required to use Apple. You're required to funnel your payments or your subscriptions or whatever through Apple. In turn, yeah. they get their cut. Epic, frankly, Tim Sweeney thinks that's bullshit, and is willing to put it. I'm not say put it all on the line because he's not. I mean, he's Epic's fine, but he's he's willing to go down in the trenches. And he's been testifying in court the past two days. You can listen to the audio. It's streaming live. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the, that's the breakdown of the court of, of, of what's going on. Um, there's been some interesting things that have come out of it thus far. Uh, I was chatting with a friend earlier that actually works at Epic. Um, so take her opinion for what it's worth. Um, but she said that she seemed, she's a little concerned that the judge gets, by the way, it's a bench trial. This is not a jury trial. Um, yeah, that the judge seemed to already kind of have it out for tim and was kind of being kind of a dick to him and 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 some of the stuff that epic was saying um but that's that's where it stands right now we're in day two it's literally just started um one funny thing is that they accidentally put the dial in phone number public (laughs) and hundreds of people called into the line screaming Toxic things that would have caused developers at Paradox and Riot to um, jump off a bridge. And uh, that's fun. There's an audio clip. I'm not going to play it because it's just literally, it sounds like an Xbox game party chat or a Call of Duty lobby. It's just people screaming obscenities, people saying, join us on, follow me on Twitter. Some guy saying, why don't you suck my, it's just people yelling the N word. I mean, it's just exactly what you, exactly what you would expect when a court system yep. accidentally broadcasts their uh, call-in number. Um, but some interesting things have come out of it, Brian. And a lot of it has to do with the Epic Game Store. One of them yep. is that Epic spent upwards of $11 million in the first nine months of the service yep. in giveaways. Which is kind yep. of what we expected, No that they were going to have to spend money
1: to get people to take them seriously. I mean, I said from the very beginning, people are going to have to have games in their library to be willing to even consider using it versus steam because I'm, I'm an example of that. I've got tons of games on steam. Uh, I didn't have anything on the Epic store, but you know what? Now I've got a pretty decent one thing that they really need to do is clean up the interface and make it a little bit more user-friendly a little bit faster, but, other than that, like I've got a pretty big library on uh, on Epic now.
0: You do, um, but one of the things that was noted here, and PH posted this in our Discord, was that only 7% of the users that are acquiring free games have actually made purchases. So there's been um, 18.5 million users that have acquired games but only 7% of them or 1.3 million have When yeah. Obviously you say 1.3 million. That's a huge number, but um, it's 7% of, of, of 18 million, 18 and a half million have actually acquired and, and, and spent but real or $11 money. million.
1: Dollars, they've become a contender in something that was pretty much run by one company. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, and, and, and Sweeney's part, I think that he's done a very good job. I think this was a very smart move from the very beginning. I think they knew what they had to do to get people to take them seriously. They give away lots of games. You know what? It's not really that much of a loss because a lot well, of people are claiming games that probably would have never played anyways.
0: Well, and I don't think it is because if you look at it, Brian, even though 7% even though seven of users purchased games, they made $53 million off of that because the yep. average pers- purchase was $40 because a lot of people are buying $60 yeah. titles. So they gave away $11 million worth of games, but one and a half mi- uh, essentially one and a half million people spent $40. They pulled in a nice close to 55 grand. Um, yep. But that number is low. The 7% is low. I'm sure they were hoping it was significantly higher, but that's that's the number it is. So that was something interesting that um, that, that came out of this. I mean, you can call that a fail if you'd like, but I would. Well, one thing.
1: One thing they did do did mention though in this is Fortnite. They did say how much Fortnite has brought in in the past two years: nine point one billion.
0: Say that one more time. Period.
1: Nine point one billion over two years. Billion. uh, They brought in for Fortnite. Yes. Wow. That's how that's how profitable Fortnite has been for them. So that's just in 2018 and 2019. I would say 2020. They probably even better. Um, and so this is something that's making a huge, uh, this is what funds the whole company. <laughs> Fortnite funds the company. They've been making groundbreaking changes I- in that game. They've made groundbreaking changes to their engine uh, for the game. They use it as an excuse to uh, to make things better in their engine. I mean, they're using Fortnite to every possible benefit that they can. I think they've done some of the m- smartest business moves that I've ever seen a company do. Off of one successful product, you know they they made Fortnite incredibly successful, and then they've done nothing but then make their other product Unreal uh, the engine uh, that much stronger. Buying exclusivities, for instance, one thing that they did uh, recently this past week is they bought our Art ArtStation. I, I don't maybe not everybody knows what ArtStation is, but it's a place where artists can go and post uh, pictures that they've done. It's like an artist por- portfolio type of a site. Um, a lot of people go and, and put things there. There is a fee if you want to have certain things. Um, if you want to sell graphics, for instance, Epic bought them and then dropped the uh, the fee to twelve percent. So before <laughs> there was a higher to match it because it was thirty percent. They didn't like the R per- stations.
0: Those sons of bitches with the twelve percent. I mean, they are just they they, they
1: they they're trying to make it the standard. So they're just buying companies that charge thirty percent. So if you want to get purchased by Epic. You know, charge thirty percent in your your product, and then maybe they'll purchase you just they like can lower it to twelve. But they they've done that; it went from thirty percent to twelve.
0: Um, I don't want to give out too much inside baseball because I'll get in trouble. Um, but again, I was talking with my friend, uh, my friend who works at Epic, who I haven't seen in a couple of years, was in town, so we so we we caught up and, and had a couple of drinks, um, and we're talking about some of the stuff at Epic. I didn't realize this, Brian. They provided when they were in the office; they're not; they're all working remote. They implied their they implied. They, um, gave their employees f- three free meals a day. If you wanted, mm. free breakfast, free lunch, and free dinner, and it was costing them upwards of twenty plus thousand dollars a week for that. And it was just this is at of, their house. No, 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 like, delivered fa- to them. No, no, this was at their oh, facilities. At the facilities. Yeah. Okay. So they were, and, and this was just. It's just a perk of work, a very Google esque, and just this is a this is a benefit yeah. of working for the company. You can eat essentially. You you can you eat for free. You get an op. It's catered yep. meals. You get meal options, but it's free. So the, I mean, these yep. are the things that when a company is making nine billion dollars, and I didn't realize this. Epic only has like seventeen hundred employees. Companies yeah. that are pulling in ten billion dollars have tens oh, of thousands employees. of employees. Yeah. They've got. One office, one office in Cary, North Carolina, and nobody's even there. Yeah, and they just a mall, bought a mall. a mall. We talked a mall about that
1: they purchased. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. So, there you
1: go. So that yeah. So one thing, uh, I'm just gonna because we're, we're running out of time, so I was kind of wrap up some of the things that uh, maybe we didn't discuss, but um, yeah. So we talked about the the fees being dropped. That's been a, a huge thing. But also one thing I wanted to mention that we didn't cover before about uh, Microsoft. Yeah, One thing that I saw in the news, there's no plans on bringing Stalker 2 to the PS5. And the reason that the, the developers stated was because of the Game Pass um, <laughs> and the Xbox console exclusivity. They said they're not even going to take it to the PS5 because they wanted to just put it in the Game Pass. The, a, a company's making a whole game that people are loving and waiting for and they're putting it in the Game Pass because it's that profitable. And what's that tell you? They're not even taking it to that whole console. Uh, it, it's just insane. Yes, sir, it is. And now, and and we'll see. You know, what if they uh, if they got the twelve percent? I mean, they've lowered their fee. I mean, it's just they're they're realizing the what Epic realized, and I think it's going to keep on paying off for uh, for Microsoft.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, there you go. That's uh. That's our news. That's the show.
1: Next week, next week we will have a another Chronicles of Illyria update. So if you want to see the hostage uh, giving you, his, do you want me to talk. show the
0: screenshot that you posted in our Discord?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had paused it because I was listening to it as I was working. That's where I had paused it. I was like, okay, there. I gotta take a little screenshot of this yeah,
0: again. Syrian hostage, uh, <laughs> the ISIS <Yeah>. beheading video.
1: <laughs> so that's uh, that's him. Uh, so I, we'll have a video for that uh, next week that you can check out. And Excellent. then uh, there's some updates that happened with apex legends. We'll cover those next week as well. If there's time.
0: All right. Uh, Mr. Brian, thank you. As always, where can people uh, find yes. you online?
1: Well, if you want to find me at Brian Aldridge on uh parlor or gab, or of course my blog byte of tech.com, uh, then most importantly, go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, go go the right hand side and join our server on discord because there you can hang out, play games, chat. We've got a news channel. We've got uh, all kinds of different channels. You can, post things in, we got a lot of Arc servers running. But if, if there's a topic that you think we should be covering, Go to the news channel in there, post a link to it, and then we'll look at it before we do the live show. We also have our Steam group where uh, you'll get notified before the show. Next week, we're going to try 20 minutes before and see at what point, magic point, the Epic, or sorry, Steam decides to cut that off. Uh, We also have our video forms of the podcast. There's Twitch, YouTube, uh, BitChute, and DLive. So if you want to watch live, you can do it through one of those. Or you can go and listen to uh, the audio-only form, the lower right-hand side there. We've got a lot of different ways that you can listen. Desktop apps, mobile apps, all kinds of things. Uh, and then we have the podcast extras if you want to get sh- some of the pre and post shows that we do. Uh, Jed runs a channel for that. Uh, and then the show notes. So if you go to the particular show that you want to watch, uh, there's a video player in there, there's an audio player, and then links for every topic that we discuss throughout the episode. So if you want to follow along, jump into one of those and you can do it. Uh, and then if you want to support the show, just go to the support tab up top or go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Or if you want to get directly for Amazon, you go to Amazon.InfectionPodcast.com. If you're going to do Humble Bundle, Humble.InfectionPodcast.com. We had our Prime Gaming and uh, our Subscribestar. So we'll have links for those on the website.
0: Yes, sir. And I do want to thank our friend uh, Jonesy and Melmo both for hitting us up with the resubscriptions here during the show. Gentlemen, it is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Um, And uh, yeah, looking forward to... uh, Bingo, boom, Shagalaga. And our buddy TechZone Seven Hundred Seven, as we're looking forward to hopefully putting these funds to good use. In all honesty, it's going to sure. be next year. Um, at this rate, it just doesn't appear that anything's happening this year. But we, we are we're building up uh, we're building up a stockpile of uh, of cash, and uh, we'll put it to uh, we'll put it to good just use. Send at, us your cash. Yeah, just send we'll us your cash. Um, we'll we'll put it to good use at some gaming event, hopefully in twenty twenty two. That's our that's our plan yes. for right now. Um, Brian, as always, thank you. Appreciate all the work on the uh, on the yep. show notes and uh, getting everything ready. Um, it was been, it's been a busy day, and I uh, I appreciate it. So um, yeah, no worries. we'll see you next Tuesday. And uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's that. So with that Very good. being the case, um, you can check out my antics um, each and every morning, 6 to 9 a.m. You can find information for that on my website, nickcraig.com. If you missed any portion of this show you want to check out that video from Daybreak or want to watch the hostage situation over at Chronicles of Valyria? you can do so on our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.